On this episode of the Massive Agent Podcast, we have Tyler Jack Harris joining us. We're talking about why branding beats out marketing and advertising. Branding wins out over the long run, and we'll tell you how and why and what you should do about it. And as a bonus, you're going to find out how much it really costs to hire a videographer. And spoiler alert, it's not nearly as much as you think. The Massive Agent Podcast. We lead generation tips and strategies to get you more leads and sell more homes. I love to buy houses. I like to sell houses. It takes brass balls to sell real estate. Wait a minute. The leads are weak. You're weak. I've had better. Better. Oh, have I got your attention now? Here's your host, Dustin Brome. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 104 of the Massive Agent Podcast. Damn, we have a good show today. We're joined by Tyler Jack Harris. If you if you follow Tyler on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube, you you're like, wow, this guy puts out a lot of content, and it's all really really well done, great stuff. And how does he do that? And you're gonna learn all that today. So Tyler is he's an Agent 2021 speaker. He's he's one of the he's he's a huge top producer in the life insurance space. Um, and we're going to talk about that. Yes, I know he's not a real estate agent or a loan officer, but he has some incredible lessons and incredible parallels with what he's done to build a huge, uh, super fast-growing insurance business uh, to help you guys sell more homes and close more loans. If you are new to the show, welcome. My name is Dustin Brome, your host. I'm a national speaker, trainer, and real estate marketing coach. I am a realtor in Salt Lake City, Utah with EXP Realty co-founder of the Industry Syndicate. This show is an Industry Syndicate production, and that is Real Estate's Media Network. I'm also the founder of the Massive Agent Society. That is our one agent per market, Facebook ads, lead generation, coaching and mentoring program. If you want to see if your market is even available to join, because there is only one agent per market, go over to MassiveAgentSociety.com and see if you can claim yours. Once it once a market's claimed, as long as there's an active member, I'm sorry, there's a there's no other way to get in. So uh, first mover's advantage on that. Um, a couple quick things. I have some speaking engagements coming up I'll tell you about. So if you're in those areas, you can come join. Um, but first, if you follow me on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn, and if you're not, what the hell, at Massive Agent or on LinkedIn, Dustin Brome, uh, I've been posting links to this new housing wire column that I'm doing. So I'm officially now a housing wire columnist. I'm writing a weekly column for housing wire. And when you're hearing this, I will just have, let's see, my third article comes out tomorrow on Friday, the 20th of December and really having fun with that, getting great feedback from that. But housing wire is definitely one of the, uh, they're one of the good guys in our industry. They're making a big push to appeal more to real estate agents as well as the mortgage side, which they've traditionally been focused on more of the mortgage side. But I'm telling you guys, if you're looking for a for a solution or or you know a media company or news industry news that is not biased, that's professionally done, that's just really good stuff, go to housingwire.com, check it out, and definitely go check out my column. You just search housing wire Dustin Brome or go to Housing Wire's uh, webpage and you'll you'll find me there. But um, go support them. They are a huge supporter of of everything good in our industry. They're one of the good guys. Go support Housing Wire, share their content on social media, and that's how you can support them for supporting us. All right, speaking, I am speaking on February 6th 
in the Dallas, Texas area. So February 6th, I'll be in Garland, Texas speaking. I'm actually the MC and uh, I'm doing a, I'm moderating a panel at the, let's see, what are they calling it? It's for Fairway Independent Mortgage Heritage and it's in it's at the Granville Arts Center, February 6th from 1.30 to 4.30 p.m. They're calling it the 2020 Year of Perfect Vision. It's a lot of a lot of events and things about 2020 vision, as there should be this year. But Katie Lance is the keynote speaker, and I get to MC the event and moderate a panel. So I'm super stoked. If you're in the Dallas area at all on February 6th, you can get tickets. They're only 15 bucks at heritagegroupmortgage.com slash 2020. That's heritagegroupmortgage.com slash 2020. And I'd love to see you there and meet you there. And then in May, this is super exciting. This is the first time I've announced this anywhere. But in May, I am actually uh, doing a couple keynotes. I'm speaking twice at the Illinois Association of Realtors annual convention in Collinsville, Illinois, which is just over the river from St. Louis, Missouri. I had no idea how close it was until I started mapping it. So that's kind of cool. I'll get to see St. Louis as well. But if you're an Illinois realtor going to the annual convention, be there. I'm keen. I'm keynoting the thing. I'm doing a couple different keynotes and super excited about that. And that is on Wednesday, May 6th of this year. So that's cool. And uh, more events to come, more events I'm working on solidifying. And I'll let you guys know. Real quick before we get into the episode or the interview with Tyler Jack Harris, which is freaking amazing. So hope you're ready. I hope you're ready. Uh, Got to give a shout out to our sponsor of this episode, Easy Agent Pro. They are still running their December special. It's only a dollar to get a great real estate website. A dollar. Just a buck. The setup fees waived. Um your first month, everything, it's all included for just a dollar. And listeners of this show get that plus 12 months free of their new CRM, which is awesome. To get that, you have to use discount code Dustin at checkout. You have to apply discount code Dustin at checkout. This is Easy Agent Pro, they're the website company that I've used for three and a half years. I would not use anyone else. They are less than $200 a month. It You can customize so much. It's so powerful. They have so many great calls to action and uh, lead capture forms all over the website. Like it's, there's so much included. You don't need to go spend $500 a month or a thousand or whatever for, you know, these crazy, uh, lead capturing websites. Easy agent pro is the best value in the industry. It's what I personally use and I highly recommend you do it as well. So to make it easy, it's just a dollar to start just a buck for the first month. So to get that use discount code Dustin at checkout over at easyagentpro.com, or you can just use massiveagentpodcast.com slash EAP for Easy Agent Pro. Thank you for sponsoring the episode and supporting us, the good people at Easy Agent Pro. All right, let's jump into the interview with Tyler Jack Harris. Had a lot of fun with this one. He's a wealth of knowledge. He's been super successful over on the insurance side of side of things. Uh, he, This is crazy. According to his Instagram bio, he's, he's sold 8,000 life insurance policies in just three and a half years. Could you imagine how many people you have to be in front of, how many conversations you have to have, how much determination and, and every, like I, <laughs> that's really hard to wrap my head around. 8,000 sales in three and a half years. And he puts out as much content as he does. So guys, you're in for a treat. Tyler Jack Harris. What's up guys. Welcome to the interview with Tyler Jack Harris on the Massive Agent Podcast. How's it going, Tyler? What's up? 
Man, it's going good. I am uh, excited to be here. I'm, I'm excited to be in Greenville, South Carolina and not Salt Lake City, Utah. And uh, <laughs> so it's a low blow there <laughs> because of the snow. It's a, it's, a chilly, yeah. it's a chilling 68 degrees out in uh, Greenville. <laughs> it's almost 70. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. It was like 25 this morning here. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. I'd rather be there too. Yeah. No, but I'm glad to be here, man. I appreciate you inviting me on. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I've been watching your content for a while. You do a hell of a, a hell of a job on, on Instagram. And uh, I think I first, I think you first came onto my radar at agent 2021 last year. Yep. And then you are, we have a mutual friend, Jason Ciano from Sabre Real Estate in New York. Yep. And uh, you know, I've just kind of been watching what you're doing and, and I, I admire it. You, you, you seem like you have a system down where you, you pump out a, a shitload of content everywhere and yep. it's done very well and you're also doing business. So, so for anyone who doesn't know you or doesn't follow at Tyler Jack Harris on Instagram, bring us up to speed on who you are, what you do, like, you know, a quick Cliff's notes. Yeah. So I live in Greenville, South Carolina and really my story is quite boring up until about six years ago. Um, but about six years ago, I found myself in a, in a really dark place. Uh, I'd gone through a failed marriage, failed business and, uh, was really, you know, as cliche as it, as it is to say, it was kind of at rock bottom. And around that time, uh, some mentors had come into my life and really saw more me in me than I saw in myself. Uh, my confidence, man, was just at an all-time low and uh, was just really, really, really uh, in a bad place. And you know, it was during that time where you know, finally I had come to the realization that everything that had happened to me was my fault uh, and taking full ownership of that. And then, you know, working to, to change. And I use this phrase waging war uh, on personal change because where I was, it wasn't going to take, you know, reading a book or listening to a podcast. Like it was all out warfare to get myself back on track and then start progressing like I knew, you know, I could. Those mentors uh, that came into my life really poured confidence in me, really breathed life into me. And then they gave me an opportunity uh, to come on board with their business. It was in the insurance business, had no in interest in insurance, but I had interest in them uh, and I trusted them. And really the rest is history. You know, I went from being flat broke, had to borrow the money to get started in the business. And then 12 months later, made over 300 grand in commission. And 12 months later, 456, 12 months later, 653. And it's been you know, upward and onward since then. Um, but really that, that process of waging war on personal change has never stopped, even though things have gotten better. It's just this continual process of, you know, seeking discomfort and trying to grow to become the best version of myself. And that really takes us to where we are today, now doing it more publicly uh, on social media. And I'm sure we'll get into all that, but it's really just that it's taking ownership of my life and then putting in the work uh, to change it. And, now I want to show other people how to do the same thing. I love it. And anytime you see somebody on social media that they're just sharing what's really going on for better or worse, and they're just being raw and authentic, it resonates with people. And it resonated with me and it, and it keeps me tuned in because especially Instagram, it's just so fake. It's so fake. 
And I mean, just look at the explore page and it makes yeah. you want to vomit. Yep. And, and so people, I think with all the noise right now, even like all that stuff's fine. Like I get it, but it creates even more thirst, I guess, for those that are being authentic. And you, you've just done it in, in such a, a good way. And, and so going, going into this interview, I really wondered which direction we take this in because we can go in so many directions. You're a content sure. creating machine and we talk a lot about that on this show. Uh, but you know, you've also, you're just yourself and then you've used that to build a business and yeah. to build a brand. And that's, I imagine opened up all sorts of doors you never really thought possible. Yeah, it has. I mean, you know, to, to sit on a podcast where, you know, the idea that anybody would be interested in what I have to say is, is still crazy to me. Yeah. Um, you know, three years later of really putting myself out there at scale. Um, but it has, and, and really, you know, I haven't monetized anything I've done on social media, um, yet. And, and I'm super proud of that. And it really was just following the Gary V blueprint, you know, as closely as I possibly could, because, you know, exactly like what you just said, all the noise out there, all the, you know, fake stuff that we see online. That's what I saw, you know, before I kind of jumped headfirst into this world of social media, I saw this gap where really, you know, if you take the average American, you know, making between, let's just say 50 and $150,000 a year, and if they're going to go online to learn something specifically to social media or, or just get motivated or inspired, they really only had two types of people they could go to. One was the multi, multi, multi-millionaire, which is awesome. And I've learned incredible things from those people. But there's this element of not being able to relate because of where they are in life, their infrastructure that they have built around them, the lifestyle that they're living. The average person, it, it, there's a disconnect there because it's hard to relate and to take what they're saying and say, oh, I can go do that today. And then you have the second person, which is the person that's faking like they're the first person. And there was really nobody in the middle. There was nobody that was telling the whole story that was documenting the process. And so I found myself at that point in a situation where, you know, through these past six years, you know, I'd gone from being flat broke to making 300 and then to 456. And, and that was at the point where I started to really dive into social media. And so I felt like I had done something unique, something significant, but I wasn't the multi, multi, multi-millionaire. But the goal in doing this was, you know, as I continue to level up to where ultimately one day being in a place where I should not be relatable, that I will be able to have other people level up with me. But at the very least, they will have watched the entire process unfold in front of them. Mm -hmm. So that the person that follows me 10 years from now will have footage from today and from three years ago that they can go and actually see the whole process play out. So that when I am to a, to a level that I should not be relatable to the average person, I will be because they will have seen or could, can see footage of the entire process. Uh, and really, it was just a way to pay it forward because of those mentors coming into my life and what they did for me, wanting to be that for somebody else. And using social media, you know, obviously is the best way to do that in a public fashion. And it just instantly became addicting for me. You know, the second I got a you know, the first message from someone that said, Hey, I, I watched this video and you said this, and, and I started doing this in my own life. And now three months later, this and this and this has happened. And it's really changed a lot of things for me. Once those type messages started coming in, that's really all I wanted to read. Uh, and so when we look at the, 
the ROI or, or, you know, what we're doing on social media, we look at impact as the biggest ROI. And when we have meetings talking about, you know, our, you know, wins and losses and how things are working as far as in regards to the media and, and all the different content that we're putting out, like we're reading those messages and, you know, we're, we're reading those comments and we're looking at that feedback as the ROI and, you know, just trying to pay it forward one post at a time. And, and it's uh it's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm a creative person. So I enjoy that process, but man, when you start realizing the impact that you can make on people, it, it really turns into a responsibility. And I think that's where I'm at right now. You said a lot there that, that I want to unpack. Uh, first off, you just, you know, you, you want to be relatable and you saw this huge gap with, with what's out there of relatability. And so on this show, and what I talk about all the time till I'm blue in the face is just be yourself. It doesn't matter where you're at in your career. You have to get your face and your name and your voice out there so people know you exist. Yep. You have to be found. You have to be recognized especially at a local level for real estate agents that are trying to dominate a neighborhood or a subdivision or a town. If you're not seen or found, you don't exist, yep. literally. Yep. And so one of the biggest uh, roadblocks for people is this feeling that, well, I'm not, I can't do a video yet because I'm not good at video or I can't do a podcast because I'd lose my train of thought. Yet they're listening to my show and I lose my train of thought all the damn time. <laughs> and it's, at some point you just have to realize that you can't learn to drive a car without driving a car. Yeah. Like you've got to just do it. And, and so that's what I'm hearing from you is you're, you're not Ty Lopez or Gary V or Grant Cardone. Right. But, but you're, you're aspiring to move to that level. Yep. Um, and in the meantime, you're just documenting the process. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's literally it. I remember I interviewed uh, John Henry that spoke at Agent mm -hmm. 2021 last year. and That, that dude's he, killing it. Yeah, he's crushing it. And, yeah. and when I sat down with him, he mentioned that exact thing that you just mentioned, that, that you just always want to be on the tip of the tongue of somebody when a conversation comes up if you're in real estate, if a conversation comes up about you know, someone needing a particular type home in the east side of town that they think of you because they know you're the guy for that type home in that side of town. And the only way to do that, I mean, obviously there's traditional networking and things like that, but the really the only way to do it at scale is through social media and putting your stuff out there. And the only way to do it is just to do it. I mean, the first year, I mean, I can't tell you how many, I did over 450 Facebook lives the first year uh, when I started on social media. And I can't tell you how many of those, there were three people on there, one being my mom, and like some random guy from high school that I didn't like. And, you know, and, and I'm sitting there talking, like I'm talking to a thousand people and a lot of it was absolutely terrible. Like I look back at the stuff and I'm like, Oh my gosh, but that's some of my favorite, favorite, favorite content to be able to recall now because I'm still saying the same stuff. I maybe hopefully I'm saying it a little better, but it's still these same principles, these same things that I live by that are still just as true today as they were then. It's just now there's a few more people, you know, listening and watching. And I think that there's, there's something special, you know, whether you're doing this to make more money, whether you're doing this to convert someone to buy an actual product or, you know, somehow plug them into some funnel that's going to, you know, do something with that person. For me, it's just like, I'm creating this stuff for me. 
everybody else, like I hope they benefit from it. But, you know, some of the, some of my favorite, favorite, favorite pieces of content that we have were the least that performed the least, you know, did not do well as far as likes and engagement and all that, but it was important to me. And I just want that footage when I'm 80 years old. And so I think if people really get past this idea that it has to be, of course, not perfect, but it, it even has to be good. Like it just has to be you and, and know that just like anything in life, the more you do it, the better you're going to get. But at the end of the day, being able to have that footage, like that's why I, I, I tie it to legacy so much. And this idea of like creating a living legacy. So if you think a lot of people talk about legacy, it's like what you leave behind when you're gone, like when you're dead. Mm-hmm. When we talk about this idea of a living legacy, it's like what you're creating while you're still here. And like this conversation we're having right now, like people will be able to watch this, listen to this in 50 years. You know, my right. great grandkids are going to be able to watch this. Like, you know, Gary Vee talks about it all the time. All, you know, a lot of people talk about it, but the reality is if you could go home tonight and flip on YouTube and watch a vlog of your dad when he was your age, you'd watch it every night. Like I would watch that every single night. And the fact that we can do that, you know, with an iPhone is crazy. And so if we just take it to that simple, simple level and say, okay, I can turn on my phone and create this type of content. Maybe it's not going to be great, but it can, it can be okay. Then why am I not doing it? And I think that's where really people have to dig down deep and figure out like what's stopping them from doing it. And obviously it's, it's caring about what other people think and you know, what's my, what's my friend going to say, what's my brother going to say. And, and I dealt with a lot of that, but at some point it's your life and you got to do what you think is important and what you think is going to help, you know, your business and, and just help you become the best version of yourself. Like I, through this process of documenting my life on social media, have become a better person. And that sounds crazy. And I can imagine people would think like, oh, you had to, you know, have a videographer traveling with you, you know, to be a kinder person. I'm like, yep. But I became a kinder person. <laughs> so so like, I don't really care how it happened. Sure. It happened. Right. And, uh, and there's this element of accountability if you're using social media the right way to where it can, you know, enable you to, to level up and to really scale your life in a way that most people can't imagine because you're aware of the fact that it's being documented. If I know, like if I, if I say I'm going to do something today to myself, yeah, I may do it. I may not. But if I get on social media and say, I'm going to do something today, I'm going to do it like plain and simple. Absolutely. And that doesn't make me any less of a person that I had to have that level of accountability. It just means it's that much more important to me that I put that level of accountability on it. And uh, that's my favorite way to talk about social media is just using it as an accountability tool, like putting your goals out there. That's all I did that first year. You know, I was working, uh, I was selling in a territory that was, you know, three, four hours away from home and was traveling, you know, every single week. And I would jump on there Sunday night and throw my goal out there for the week. Hey, I'm going to sell this many policies. Then I'd jump back on Facebook live each day and, and update that. And at the end of the week, I'd recap and say, Hey, my goal was to sell this many policies. Here's how many I sold you know, whether I hit it or whether I missed it, the accountability was there, but it also created this insane law of attraction because I sat there, you know, on Facebook live talking about and saying this number over and over and over and over and over. So of course I would hit it. Like it's just the way the world works. And uh, to me that enabled me because a lot of people, they're like, Oh, I don't have time to do this. I got a lot of stuff going on that enabled me to, you know, stay focused on the most important thing, which was bringing in revenue 
but doing it in a public way to where I was holding myself accountable, providing value, providing good content that was also helping me improve my business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so you do have a videographer, you know, and, and you have for a little while, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I know one of those, one of those mental roadblocks that people throw up is, is not just the, well, I'm, I'm afraid, I'm afraid in front of the camera or I don't like the way I sound or look or whatever. Then there's also, I don't have time. I don't even want to get into that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but resources, I can't afford a videographer. How am I supposed to do what you're doing, Tyler? If I don't have a videographer, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Um, where can people start when they don't yet have the ability to hire a full-time videographer or even a part-time video guy? Where should they be starting? And, and then if, if you wouldn't mind sharing some of the numbers behind like what it actually costs if they are to do that. Yeah. I think a lot of times we're like, oh, I have to hire this full-time employee. It's going to be 150 grand a year. Um, I imagine it's not that. Nah. So can you kind of cover that? Yeah. I mean, you know, to start off, just like we said, you know, with your iPhone, you can create empowering content. It's not, it's not the quality of the content. It's not the quality of the production of the content. It's the quality of what you're saying and what you're talking about and the passion that you have. If you take any of the most incredible influencers out there and took away all their resources, they would still put out incredible content because it's what they're saying, not how it's looking when you're watching it. Half the people aren't even really watching it anyways. Right. So I think there's that. And, and then that first year, it was just me and my phone. Like that's the only content we had. Um, you know, when it comes to bringing on a videographer, I think there's a big, big movement and this will continue to grow in regards to the importance of like an apprenticeship mentorship, internship, you know, that those type of roles to where, you know, you take someone that's, you know, in college, right out of high school, right out of college. And, you know, they want to do what you're doing or they want to be in your industry or, or they want to, you know, create content for people that are, you know, way bigger than you. They got to start somewhere. And there are people out there that are willing to, you know, be a videographer, be a content creator for someone just because of the sheer knowledge that they're going to gain from being around that person all the time. Sure. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, interesting timing because uh, my videographer that I've had for the last 18 months, uh, Friday was his last day. He's literally driving back to Texas this morning and I uh, had dinner with him and his dad last night. And, you know, it was emotional, you know, because he was talking about how radically his life has changed over the last 18 months, just being in this environment with me and our company, just how much he's learned and grown through that process, which is worth way more than you could ever pay somebody. Mm-hmm. And so if you think about the value that you can add to someone outside of just the monetary value, there's a tremendous opportunity to bring people on board for very little pay. Uh, I think the first videographer I had, I think I was paying like 250 bucks a week. Um, we also paid for his apartment. Um, so, you know, that added an expense uh, there, but still relatively low uh, cost overall. Yeah. Um, the second, couple thousand a month. Yeah. Second one, we paid a little bit more and uh, paid for his apartment as well. Um, but that's not to say I couldn't have found an intern that would have done it for almost nothing. Uh, and we're actively looking for more interns now. Uh, just because we need to put out you know, more and more content. And there are people out there that number one, enjoy doing it, but number two are looking to get their foot in the door 
in whatever industry you're in or just in the content creation space, you know, no one goes straight into being Gary Vee's videographer, right? Like they right. gotta, they gotta have a body of work to be able to show someone, Hey, here's what I did with this guy for this period of time. And so it's a, I'm not saying it's an easy process to find someone because it is a very um, specific person that has to be in a very different place in their life to be able to just throw themselves into something like this. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of effort on their part, especially, you know, I travel a lot. I've been to 15 States in the last 20 weeks and the person has to be able to just say, Hey, where are we going tomorrow? Hey, Salt Lake. Okay, great. And, you know, just kind of get up and go. Um, but you know, not everybody's traveling like that, but it needs to be someone that can really pour themselves into it. Um, so, you know, looking for somebody that's young is, is helpful. Um, looking for someone that's like right out of school, uh, is kind of the perfect timing. Maybe they just graduated, but they don't really know what they want to do with their life yet. You know, it's really being able to just study underneath someone. And, you know, that was one thing that I preface that conversation with and, and what I recommend everyone prefacing that conversation with a potential videographer or content creator is that, you know, my goal is to help you be able to do whatever you want to do after this. And we would talk about it often, like, Hey, like, what are your goals? What are your dreams? Like, what do you want to do? And I would, you know, connect them with people and, and through the podcast, they'd get introduced to all these different people and all these different environments and just be able to grow so that hopefully when they leave, cause there is a shelf life um, to that type of position. Sure. Um, you know, my first one was, was about 18 months, second one, the same. And, and that may be a little longer. I think usually it's probably going to be more like six months to a year, but you know, to ultimately have that person be a better, more equipped person to go do what they're ultimately supposed to do, you know, long-term when they leave you, I think if you preface it that way, then you'll be able to have somebody come on for maybe less money because of where they're going to be going when they leave and the experience that they're going to be, ha be able to have while they're with you, which is invaluable. I mean, you can't put a dollar amount on that. I mean, the amount of people that Pablo and TJ were able to surround themselves with and, and build friendships with. And I mean, it's, it's, it's just incredible. And so that's a huge asset that I don't think people realize how big it is and how much they have to offer. You know, they just look at it monetarily. Like, how am I going to pay somebody to do this? Well, what else can you provide that person? And so think, taking a little bit of a different approach, I think you'd be surprised the quality that you could attract. Uh, but again, unless you're putting yourself out there to begin with, like mm -hmm. a video, videographer is not just going to like, you know, be your guinea pig for you first going out on a limb and getting on social media and putting yourself out there at the same time. Like you have to have some track record and presence for them to even consider the opportunity. Yeah. And you so, have to know what you even want. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I ran into that before I, I um, hired a videographer to help me do a local show here. And I was thinking that they'd have the vision for, you know, what the show is going to be like. And they're like, I'm just here to shoot it. Like, what do you want to do? <laughs> and I realized pretty quick, like you need to have a very specific vision so you can then find the right person to help you accomplish that vision. Yep. Um, there's also, there's also a lot of like freelance people in, in everybody's area. Sure. Just hire for certain jobs and certain like, you know, Hey, every Wednesday we do this or, you know, once a month I need somebody to film this. And there's so much of that out there. Um, you know, 
really using Instagram, using social media to find those people that are creating content on their own or creating content for other people and reaching out to them because they all, a lot of them know each other. A lot of these content creators, they're, you know, they're, they're connected. And so reaching out to people that are doing what you need, they know somebody else. Like the way I got my last videographer, um, Gerard Adams videographer, Jeff Castillo, um, I'd grown to have a relationship with him. I was having trouble finding my next videographer when my last one was about to leave. And he said, Hey, I got this, you know, this guy, I, I, I taught him when I, he taught high school for a little bit. He's like, he was one of my students. He's incredible. We've given him some projects on the side and he's always delivered. And uh, one conversation and the guy moved from Laredo, Texas to Greenville, South Carolina. And it worked out incredibly well for the last 18 months. So, you know, reaching out to other videographers, um, cause chances are they know somebody that's looking for an opportunity. Let's take it a step further. So once, why should somebody hire a videographer? Why should somebody have a graphic designer or a videographer or someone to help them do content? I still get questions from time to time where people are like, okay, it's great. It sounds great. But like, will creating some graphics or putting a video out on Instagram, will that really get me business? How has doing the content that you've been doing consistently for years has that grown your insurance business? Talk about that a little bit. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a different situation for me because I've com- kept them completely separate. Gotcha. So, it has, so one way it's helped our insurance business is it's been a recruiting machine for people that want to come work with us. Sure. But in regards to actually selling life insurance, we actually, I've never sold a single life insurance policy from anyone through social media because I've made that choice that I didn't want to monetize yep. it that way. Right. Um, but I mean- you but just, there's other ways to monetize it, indirect ways. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, and the opportunities that arise just from the connections and the relationships that are built. But what it boils down to is, you know, you have to do all that you can do based on your skill set first and see where that takes you. And then you will realize when you get to that point where there's the next step and the next level of content creation. And, you know, what does that do? It, it's, it's going to perform better. So you're going to get seen by more people. You're going to grow your audience quicker. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, and that's, you know, unfortunately that's a large part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, people are attracted to, to better content, but again, you can have the most highly produced content with a terrible person on there. That's not giving any substance and it's still not going to perform well. Yep. So it's, it's really doing all that you can do without help. And, you know, a lot of that's time, you know, just capacity, um, you know, being able to have someone, you know, the nice thing about having a videographer is, I mean, we're recording everything. I mean, there's, you know, rarely a time where, where the camera's not rolling and we're able to chop that up into so much micro content that, you know, if I stopped creating new content today, I could have the next five years worth of content created out of what's already been filmed, just thousands of hours of stuff. Um, you know, that's, that's powerful. And there's so many of these, you know, random conversations or random interactions or random, you know, thoughts that get captured where I've literally in the moment thought like, man, it's so crazy that the camera's rolling right now. Cause if it wouldn't, this would have been lost. And there's something super special about that. Um, and to me, you know, oddly enough, they, there's just something to be said for the level in which you'll perform when you know it's being captured. Like, yeah, you know, it, like the fact that I have that's a real thing. 
yeah, the fact that I have two cameras on me right now and I'm recording it on my end, you're recording it on your end. Like I rise to the occasion, like, you you know, you, you perform, um, you know, where if it was just me having a conversation with somebody, I mean, you know, it would be fine, but you know, there's an added level of accountability there to make sure that you're giving everything you're all at all times. And if that's ultimately what we're supposed to be doing in life, then why not put in place, you know, some type of structure to force that. Uh, and for me, it's, it's done that in a, in a million different ways. One of the biggest ways is, is self-awareness. There's no better form of self-awareness than to have a videographer recording you when you don't even realize they're recording you and, you know, watch and being able to watch that footage and, you know, watching your interaction with somebody watching your facial expressions. There were times in the beginning where I'd see a video and it was just me talking to a guy at a, you know, a conference. And I'm like, why the heck do I look so angry? Like, I look like I'm about to bite this guy's head off. I was like, I, I remember that conversation to be pleasant. Like, there's no reason for me to look that angry. I'm like, I need to smile more. I'm like, oh, that's, that's interesting. I would have never just picked up on that on my own without having been able to watch myself having that conversation. And there's so many more examples that I could give of ways that it's just made me a better person all around by being able to watch myself in, you know, all the footage that we create. And, and that's super, super powerful for someone that wants to level up in life. I, some of that stuff I hadn't even really considered, but you're right. Like all these indirect benefits, indirect ROI, if you will. But so often we want, we, we want something tangible. We want the direct, like if I do a video, how many listings will that bring me? Like how many homes will I sell if I do a podcast for six weeks? Yeah. Uh, that's how people, that's how a lot of people think, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And then they forget all the amazing, powerful things that build a better human being and a better business over the long term if they just do the thing. And, and so I'm glad you touched on that. Yeah. I mean, it's just the difference between branding and marketing. I mean, when, when, when your goal is to market your business, then, you know, you've got metrics that you're tracking, but when you're building a brand, you just have to understand that it's, it, it takes a long time and it takes that long-term vision to be able to stick with it. But it's the most important thing that you could possibly do is build a brand around yourself because that's all you have, you know, especially once the market starts to, and it's already started, but I mean, the market's going to crash here at some point. And those that have built a solid brand where there are people that know, like, and trust them because they have been watching, listening to content for the last three years, they're going to continue doing business with those people. And the ones that haven't, they're not. And that's just a fact. And so, you know, when you look at building a brand, you have to realize that there are going to be a lot of short-term metrics that don't make sense. There's going to be a lot of short-term expenses that don't make sense. Because if you're building it at scale and you're doing extremely high quality uh, work, it's, it's going to cost money. But I promise you the return is going to be a hundredfold if you stick with it. Um, if you, know, you stick with it. Yeah, if you stick That's with it. That's the key. It. And you, know, it, you have to find your lane that you enjoy. Like I enjoy all, all aspects of, of social media. And that's what enables me to stick with it is because I enjoy it some may not enjoy certain aspects. You got to figure out what is it? Is it podcast? Is it, you know, video? Is it, you know, putting 120 characters down and, and, and press and send like, like whatever that is that, that you actually enjoy that part of the process, just lean into that. 
yes. but the big thing is do something uh, because if you're not, this is not social media is not going anywhere. Uh, it's only going to get more and more and more uh, prevalent and more and more devastating to those that aren't. And right. so that's just a reality that everyone you know has to face that's sitting back saying, Oh, I just don't want to get into all that. Well, all that is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's going to be a huge detriment to those that don't. And it's going to be a huge, huge catalyst for those uh, that do. And you know, I take that extremely seriously. It's important. I so whenever I go do a, a training or a, a, a CE class, a continuing education class, I'll get people come up to me. They're like, "That's awesome. You sold me. I should do this stuff." but I don't know where to start. I don't even have a Facebook page. I don't like, I just, and they usually say stuff like, I hate it. I don't want to have to post my dinner on Facebook (laughs) or I don't want people bugging me at three o'clock in the morning. And they have all these misconceptions, which shows they, you know, they haven't really used social media. Um, I get that all the time where, uh, and I, I want to pivot in just a second and do some other tactical stuff about selling because you're, you're great when it comes to selling and the mindset behind selling. Uh, if somebody just hasn't started, they, they're on social media casually, but they haven't really started branding. What are some of the first things you'd recommend doing? I know that's very broad, but like what, yeah, what, what are mean, a couple, couple quick things? The first thing is, is figuring out, you know, what, you want somebody to get from your page. So like when someone goes to your Instagram profile, when they go to your Facebook page, like what are they, what are they going for? Like, why would they be there? What are they planning to learn or hear or read? You know, what is that? And, and that's going to be based off of your skills and talents and abilities and, and really the knowledge that you have, like everybody's got something. Um, You know, everybody has a story which people can learn a lot from other people's stories. So that's in and of itself enough. But then there's something specific that you're good at. And, you know, it may not be directly, it may not directly correlate to your business, but there's something interesting about people. Like that's my favorite objection to social media when, when people are, you know, really using the excuse of, well, you know, I, what I do is just not that interesting. I'm like, that's fantastic because I sell life insurance and there's nothing less interesting than that. But I I never talk about selling life insurance ever. Right. I talk about the key pillars of success, like hard work and discipline and all the things that go into any kind of business, specifically sales, but I'm never getting online and talking about, you know, this is what this type of life insurance policy looks like. And this is how you sell this one. This is how you overcome this objection. I don't talk about that at all, but everybody has things that they do that are interesting. And so it's figuring out, you know, what that looks like. And a lot of that's just going to be through trial and error. Like, you know, post some stuff about this topic. If it's, you know, if you feel like it made sense, if you feel good about it, keep posting and try something else and you'll figure out what people start gravitating towards and then you'll just lean in and double down on those things but if you never try then you're not going to know you're just going to sit back and say oh well you know it's just not for me well what was it for you you don't you know you don't know that you hate broccoli until you eat broccoli and there's a lot of people that are sitting around just staring at broccoli all day (laughs) yeah and they haven't picked up a fork and taken a bite that was a 
interesting analogy. It was a great but, analogy. <laughs> <laughs> Broccoli and Brussels sprouts. I mean, yeah. you, you would have nailed it with either one. I Absolutely. love Brussels sprouts. I love Brussels sprouts. Right? I, they I used to scare I, me as a kid. Yeah, I would have told you I hated them if I hadn't actually tried them cooked the right way. Yeah. And, and when I say kid, a, I mean maybe like. that's even a better analogy. You got to figure out the best way to cook them so that you, yes. enjoy, so that you enjoy it. Because if you throw some bacon on top and – and uh and some type of uh sauce i'm i'll eat them all day long absolutely yeah so i mean that's really what it's all about is is figuring out your you know your distinct uh angle and figuring out the people that you like to follow you know what are they doing just copy them all i did was copy gary v's blueprint and did it in my own way there were people in the beginning that would call me like the pg version gary v or like the uh meathead Gary V and like all these like bearded Gary V. Like I used to get that, that kind of stuff all the time. <laughs> yeah. It's because I was talking about a lot of the same stuff because the same stuff that's true to his life is true to my life. Yeah. And you know, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with, you know, copying what other people are doing to a degree um, or the way they're doing it, you know, to a degree and just, you know, seeing how it feels that your gut will tell you what's right. Um, but until you get out there and start trying things and, and trying to emulate what other people are doing, you're never really going to find your lane, but ultimately you will find it. You'll, you'll say, okay, I'm going to do a little bit of this. It's kind of like Grant Cardone, but, and I'm not a big Grant Cardone fan. Um, but you know, it's kind of like his, but with a little bit more integrity and <laughs> I'll do it that way. And then, oh, I'm going to do it. We can Gary. tell you and I think alike in <laughs> terms of uncle G. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it this way. Like Gary does this and, or I'm going to do this way. Like, you know, who, who name, name the influencer that you like. I mean, just start yep. doing the types of things that they're doing, but within your industry or within the realm of what you think is interesting and that is authentic to your life. Um, that's the big thing. It's just being authentic and being you and just telling your story. I mean, yep. some of the best content that we've ever put out has been about the worst parts of my life, the worst parts of my character, the worst things that I've gone through, but it resonates with people. And, um, you know, it's refreshing and, and people enjoy and appreciate the fact that, that people are just being real. Like if you got on Facebook live and just said, here's my story, I'm broke right now. I'm completely broke. I have no idea what to do on social media, but I decided to get on this Facebook live today and just talk about where I am in life and literally just like laid your life out as good, bad, or ugly as it may be. I promise you that's going to perform. And people are going to gravitate towards it. And if you just keep on just talking about what you're going through. And again, like I said, using it as an accountability tool, you know, everybody should have goals. Just talking about your goals. My goal is to set 10 appointments this week and then get on every day and say, Hey, I only set one today. So I'm a little bit behind the eight ball. And then the next day getting on there and say, man, I set three uh, today. So I'm right back on track. And the next day, the next day, and then recapping at the end of the week saying, Hey, my goal was to set 10 appointments this week. And I booked 11. And, you know, you're going to have people on there that are like, oh man, that's awesome. We've been rooting for you. You're going to get messages from people that are like, I know it's, it's Friday. I know you got three more appointments to book. We're, we're rooting for you. People that you don't even know. I mean, that, right. that's what would happen to me. But those same people that were getting on those Facebook lives three years ago are my most engaged followers to this day. And when just, you are yourself, you attract the right people. Yeah. Because what's the alternative? Right. I mean, if you're attracting... <laughs> That's the problem and that's the reality that there's no exit strategy for what a lot of these people are doing out there is they're, you know, putting on this fake persona and they're attracting other people that are doing the same thing. And there's no exit strategy there. There's, there's absolutely, you're building 
you're building a house on sand and it will fall at some point. And, you know, in a down economy, we're going to see what happens. And the best thing Mm -hmm. that those people could ever, ever, ever do is to document the crash, document their fall, document their failure, and then their rise back up. And that will be the only way that they can save it. Um, but not many of them will do that, but yeah, it's just being, it's just being honest. I mean, it's the basic principles of life <laughs> just on a public platform. I mean, it's, that's really all it is. I want to transition real quick. Um, cause I think you and I can go down that road for another hour and a half. Um, let's get tactical. So you are, you sell life insurance. Okay? Yes. That's your, your day job, so to speak. Yep. And what's really helped you get to this point, um, I believe you said you, you've sold 8,000 policies in three and a half years. Yes. Which is insane. Like I know nothing about the life insurance industry, but that's a lot of sales. Um, and and we're, we're sitting here talking to real estate agents. Um, real quick, how does the life insurance world work? Like how do you get compensated? I, I imagine those 8,000 8, policies create some sort of residual income over time. Um, can you briefly like yeah, so uh, basically- distill that? You know, the way commissions typically structured is you take the annual premium. So whatever they're paying per month for that policy, just multiply that times 12. That's what they're paying in a year. And depending on who you're working with, you're going to get paid a commission, whether it's you know, 50 to upwards of 120% of that first year's uh, premium. And so, you know, with our business, we're a high volume uh, business and we build a system off of that. And the best piece of advice that I can give, especially to real estate agents, because they're sometimes the worst at this, insurance agents are the worst at this, is if you try to be all things to all people, you end up being nothing to no one. Yes. And you have to define, clearly define uh, your niche and your demographic that you want to target and your area of expertise. And then you have to spend all of your time on just that person on just that group of people and on just that specific market. And, you know, people in real estate, just as an in insurance, they do a terrible job at this because, you know, they're hungry for commissions. So they'll sell whatever to whoever, you know, just for the sake of, of earning money, but you have to become an expert in an area. And so, you know, think as narrow as possible and then go probably four or five levels deeper. You know, if you want to be the expert of, you know, single family homes on the east side of town. Well, is it single family, you know, ranch homes that are between 150 and 250,000 in this square footage range on this particular, you know, neighborhood on the east side of town mm-hmm. and become an absolute expert in that space so that when you're putting content out and randomly when something comes up at a dinner conversation that someone's you know looking at a home on that particular side of town and it happens to be that type of house they're like oh man you got to talk to dustin he he is that guy like he's the only guy that you need to talk to because that's his area of expertise right and that's what we've done in the insurance space we only sell to one person and we know more about that person than they know about themselves we speak their language we know how to get them to a buying decision insanely fast and that's been the the key uh, to our success because we've built all of our systems around how to find that person, how to speak their language, how to get them to a buying decision quickly. And that's all we do. We don't sell anything to anyone else and we won't sell anything else to that person. And, 
you know, that, that to me is so important in real estate is to figure out what that is. And if you're going to figure out what that is, you might as well, you know, find a, a group of people that you actually like being around yes. you know, and an area of town that you actually like being in and a type of home that you actually like showing, like, you know, why would you do so, like so many people that are chasing all these different trends they don't like it. They're not passionate about it, but it's the hot thing right now. So I'm going to just jump on that wave and ride it. But that's not how you build anything significant long-term. You got to figure out as far as your happiness and fulfillment, like who are the people that I enjoy selling to? You know, it may be that you, you focus all of your energy on only selling to veterans, you know, getting out of the military and buying their first home. Right. And, and because you love veterans and because you were a veteran and because you want to serve them and show them appreciation and support. And so you cater absolutely all of your marketing, all of your branding, all of your verbiage is specifically designed on how you speak to someone coming out of the military. And you know exactly what they're going through when they get out of the military and all the different decisions that they have to make over that short period of time. And you develop a reputation for yourself as, oh, you oh man, next year you're getting out of the military, make sure you talk to Dustin when you get out because he'll help you find a house. Yep. Like that's the only way to do it. And people just get out there and they're like, oh, well, I'm going to be, I'm going to represent buyers and sellers and I'm going to do this entire city and, and yep. a big or small, you know, if you, you oh, you want to rent a house, great, I can do that too. Like, and it just doesn't work. You, you'll spread yourself out so thin right. that, you know, you can't focus uh, all of your attention. And, and really in, at the end of the day, sales is all about focus and all about how narrow you can get that niche and just go absolutely all in on it. And um, I mean, it's, it's, it's the only reason I'm sitting here is because of the success of doing that one thing. I'm glad you said that the way you said it, because I, I know both sides of that coin. <clears throat> when I first started as an agent about nine years ago, I'm like, even though I had my mentor telling me, pick a neighborhood, pick a farm area, focus all your marketing efforts, everything in that area. But I'm, because of scarcity, because of the scarcity mindset, I'm thinking, well, that's too small of an area. I'm going to sell more homes. Why not focus on all of Salt Lake? Why not focus on everything in Salt Lake? And I'll even do Park City too. What the hell? Yeah. And strangely, you have much less success when you spread yourself all over the area. Yep. Um. And it wasn't until I really started focusing on one side of town in one particular area with a particular type of home that I started to see a lot more success. Yeah. And then, and then if, you, if there is that fear of, of scarcity because you feel like it may be too narrow, I think you can broaden your, broaden your, um, your mindset on the fact that, well, what if you did become the absolute expert in a very, very, very narrow niche? Well, then you can coach everybody around the country and maybe even around the world on how to market to that niche. Yep. Now, all of a sudden, you can leverage that in a huge way. Again, social media is going to be the way to do that. But you could start a podcast on how to sell to people that are getting out of the military. How many military bases are there in the country? A ton. How many people are getting out of the military every year? A ton. How many agents would love to be able to focus and, and attract that market with VA loans? A ton. Like there's, there's way more than just the immediate area that you're in and, oh, well, there's only this many homes that are going to be sold in that area. Yeah, but if you become the absolute expert in it, next thing you know, you're speaking at conferences to other agents that do the same thing and it opens up just opportunity after opportunity. So 
I mean, they say riches are in niches for a reason. Yeah. And it's not just because it rhymed. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's part of it. But it's yeah, a little yeah. part. But it's, it's a reality. I mean, that's, that's, what, that's what it's all about. And, you know, you want to be an expert in something. And the reality is people are an expert in something. They just haven't found it yet. But there's something that you are particularly incredible at. You just may yeah. not have tried it or have figured out what that is yet. And it may take a process. Like for people that are just getting into real estate, they don't know, you know, they don't know what the best fit for them is. So try, you know, spend that time, you know, trying to be all things to all people and figure out which one of those did you enjoy the most? Like, man, I just, I love representing a buyer. I love being able to find them that home. You know, I love representing first time home buyers because there's no better feeling than owning your first home. I love being able to hand them those keys. Like, man, I just get so much fulfillment out of that. Well, that's probably what you should do. That's probably what you should do and become the expert on first time home buyers and the psychology around it and, and how to attract people because first time home buyers, they don't know how to, you know, their process of figuring out, you know, who to go to as, as their agent. I'm assuming that's probably very complex. Yeah. Um, and, and so whatever that is, you know, make sure that it's something that, that centers around what you enjoy or who you enjoy being around because otherwise there's going to be struggles. There's going to be obstacles in any business. Even if you do find the perfect niche for you, the only way you're going to get through those difficult times is if you're doing it with people like you, that you like to be around and you're doing something that you genuinely enjoy the process. And so that's where burnout happens, especially in sales is when you're doing something just because the commissions are great there, or, you know, I can, I can get a bunch of sales this way. Well, well when all of a sudden you can't, you quit because you never really liked it to begin with. Yep. And there's so many people that are about to face that, you know, here in the next 18 to 24 months that they're going to realize like, man, this was awesome when it was awesome, but this sucks when it sucks. <laughs> like, why not put yourself in a position where when it does suck and the market sucks, you still enjoy the process with the people that you have because people are going to gravitate towards people that enjoy their job. And absolutely. Career. Yep. And, and it's going to just exude from that person. And so, you know, it takes, it takes intentional effort to find it. Uh, but once you find it, it's all about doubling and tripling down um, on that one, one particular person or market or industry or whatever that may be. And that's universal to all sales. Uh, every salesperson, you know, struggles with that in the beginning. Uh, but the quicker you can figure that out, the more successful you're going to be long-term. Could not agree more. Last question before we jump into the rapid fire questions. We have some either or questions that we ask every guest. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, from your standpoint, not an agent, not in the real estate industry, but you know a bunch, um, what, what's the biggest thing that you see agents doing wrong online? <laughs> the biggest thing I see them doing wrong online is only using social media to sell a house. Like the only content that you see from that person is a picture of a house with a for sale sign on it. Yep. Um, and I mean, you're basically using Instagram as a classified ad, you know, yep. basically. Um, With their listing flyers, their PDF flyers that they yeah. post as Instagram photos. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, one of my great, great friends, um, Andy Dane Carter, you know, Andy? The name rings a bell. I'm so he's, sure. in, he's in real estate, but he does a great, great job of showing all the aspects of his life. Real estate being one of them. And so, you know, he'll jump on, you know, just his phone again, just his iPhone. But as he's walking through houses, he'll, you know, get on Instagram stories and talk about the house that he's looking at. Um, but then the next Instagram story is him with his son at jujitsu. 
And so it's showing all the areas of life and doing it in a smart way to where there's a balance between all those things. Mm -hmm. But you can very quickly, you know, create a brand to where people just flat out, they either unfollow or just simply ignore the noise because they know if they see your name pop up on the left side, that it's just going to be some house that's for sale that you don't care about. Um, And that's not building a brand. That's, that's simply marketing. And so, you know, like Jason Siano does a great job uh, with this as well. You don't really know exactly what he does, but you get an idea, but you see all the other areas of his life. He works out a lot. He works out a lot at at different places. His his kids dance a lot. Yeah. And, uh, but, but you get to know him and and you can watch his content and you're like, man, I feel like if I hung out with this guy, like he'd be a fun guy to hang out with. And he Mm -hmm. is. And so he shows, you know, the whole, he is one of the better people at doing it. Um, and his business will, will benefit from that. And so, yeah, I think that's it. I think, I think it's, it's giving people a mix. So if you think of, I don't want to say this, I don't want to misquote this, but if you think of building a brand as weaving together your life and your work as a form of your life's work. So it's a weaving together of your life and your work as this basically portrayal of your life's work. Like there's people want to see, you know, when you're out on a date with your wife, like, Oh, this guy's, he's married, you know, he's got kids. That's great. Oh, there's a house for sale. That's cool. You know, but, but I'm not just getting bombarded with just like flyer after flyer after flyer. And a a personal connection is required. Like people want to work with someone likable. Yeah. No one, I, I, would and again i'm not a real estate agent but i find it hard to believe that someone's like searching a hashtag to find a house flyer like there's other places to find houses like right <laughs> i mean i'm looking for a house right now and i promise i'm not on instagram doing it right um, but you're not searching hashtag realtor life yeah. looking for a, a flyer on on instagram yeah. yeah no not at all um and so i think it's it's way more thoughtful than that and it's not just a, it's not, but that's the reality. That's what 90% of people are doing. And Absolutely. that's where, and that's where the opportunity is. And I think that that's what's important for people to hear. That's the opportunity because that's what 90 plus percent of people of real estate agents are doing online. And so there is a huge space for you to go into and just share your life, share about what you do, share about what you're an expert in, and you will cut through all that noise so quickly. It'll be so refreshing to, for people to see that you'd probably be shocked at how fast it would grow. Yep. Yep. And there, the train has not left the station. It's not too late to get started with content marketing and building a brand, especially at a local level. I could count probably on one hand, maybe less than 10 fingers here in Salt Lake City, a fairly large city in the country. How many agents really have built a solid local local brand on content? Yeah. I mean, they just don't. Yeah. Everyone's, like you said, they're just littering the internet with, with crap. And, and everyone the, tunes out and unfollows. And the reason for that, which is probably the most important thing to mention, it's because it's hard work. Yeah. Like it's hard work to put out content like this. So for the person that thinks that they're going to do it to somehow create some type of shortcut, that's, a, that's laughable at best. Like it is hard work to put out content on a consistent basis. 
you know, we're, put, we're putting out three to seven pieces of content every single day for three years. I mean, over 4,000 pieces of content on Instagram, over 6,000 pieces of content on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, all of that stuff. And when I say three to seven pieces of content, I mean three to seven pieces of content on each platform. So that's really like, you know, nine to 21 pieces of content every single day. And that takes a lot of work. It takes three to four hours a day for me. By the time I'm, you know, responding to messages, comments, posting the stuff myself, creating captions, all that stuff. It's like three to four hours of work. That's mm-hmm. not easy. But nothing in life significant is easy. Right. So you have to look at it as a job, but find the parts of it that you enjoy doing to where, yeah, it's work, but you're seeing, you know, the fruit. And and that's what's keeping people away from it is because it's difficult. Like if it was easy, then everybody would do it. But you have to find pockets and you have to find opportunities in your life and in your business where people aren't doing things because it's hard work. Like those are the best possible places for you to focus your time. And that's, then that's why it's still such a great opportunity. That's why somebody can come today and create their Facebook page, create their Instagram profile today and still beat everybody else because there's still 90% of the people that aren't, that just aren't willing to do that type of work. Right. And, and that's incredibly encouraging to the person that out there that feels like somehow they're behind and like, well, I hadn't started it now. So why start now? Like why start now? Like you have, like you have to, you have to. And, uh, and if you don't, you're going to get left in the dust and it won't be because you didn't know it <laughs> and it right. won't be because you weren't aware of it. It will just because you're lazy. Yeah. Cause you didn't do it. Yeah. And it's a harsh reality, but I, I, I literally look at it and I take it from a different perspective and let me throw a different perspective out here before we end this thing. Cause there's the, I'm such a big legacy is such a big word for me. And, you know, I think about all this content that we're creating and, to me, it's, it's my legacy. Like all of these vlogs and all of these podcasts and all this footage, like it's going to live on forever. And, you know, I've got a daughter and she's three and she'll be able to, you know, see a vlog where I was talking about how much I love her and just how important she is in my life. She'll be able to watch that one day when I'm gone. And her kids will be able to watch this, this content one day when I'm long gone. And, you know, you think about the grandmother that dies and they find like the diary in the attic and, you know, the kids just like cherish every word on every page. And it's like, you know, the most priceless thing that they could ever find. Well, imagine being able to find out that your grandmother had a freaking podcast that you could listen to a thousand hours of her talk about her life. Like you would cherish that. And so if we really take this a step further and say, okay, So if I agree, yeah, if I could go home tonight and flip on YouTube and watch a vlog of my dad, you know, at my age, I would absolutely cherish that. And then if we can agree that with our iPhone, we can pretty much do that pretty simply. Yeah, it's hard work, but pretty simply we can make it happen. Right. Then the question is, you know, we're choosing not to. Like you're making a choice not to leave that legacy. And I would take it as far as to say, you're making a choice. You are choosing to rob your kids and rob your grandkids of content that they would absolutely kill for when you're gone. To me, that is a hard pill to swallow because I have friends that do absolutely nothing on social media. 
And honestly, I feel so incredibly sorry for their families because I know what my family's going to have when I'm gone. They're going to know exactly who I was. They're going to know exactly how I felt about them, not just from what I say in person. Obviously, this doesn't replace that. But if I know that I can create content that they will cherish forever, I'm then choosing to rob them of that if I don't do it. And so whether it's to make more money or to sell another house or you know, to become a speaker in whatever industry that you're in, or it's just to create this footage that your family is going to cherish forever, whichever of that plays to your heart more, neither is right, neither is wrong, but it's all true. And so if we know that, then man, like it is to me, it is such a responsibility that who would I be not to like, who would I be not to jump on this podcast right now? If I know it's going to live on forever, because there's somebody in Nebraska that's going to listen to this podcast. They're going to sit there and they're going to be like, man, I've been trying to sell anything and everything in my town. And it's just hadn't been working, but this guy said this, and he's going to go out and he's going to get focused and narrow, and he's going to have incredible success in 2020. And he's going to send you and me a message and be like, man, I listened to this podcast with Dustin and Tyler and, and my business absolutely transformed over the next 12 months. Like it, it, it's going to happen like this. It happens every day. Mm-hmm. So if we know that, then it's a responsibility at that point. And, you know, I just, I take that way more seriously than most people. And the more I see it, the more intense that responsibility uh, gets with me. And uh, it's just, it's super important what we have the ability to do now. And if we choose to do it or not. That's a, that's a great impactful uh, way, way to end. Um, You're right. And it's, that perspective is important because we're so focused on doing the things or, you know, figuring out like, you know, how should I work this? Like, you know, how can I do a graphic for LinkedIn? And like, we get into all those, which is important, but we forget about the big picture. So I'm glad you kind of brought that back to us. Sure. Uh, before, we, before we wrap it up, we, we do these rapid fire questions with every guest just to give us a little insight into, into who you are a little bit more. Um, and then we'll, we'll end with you telling people where they can find you, where they can learn sure. more about you. Okay. One of your 8 trillion pieces of content that you put out <laughs> um, this month, uh, which yep. is, Respect. <laughs> Facebook or Instagram? <laughs> Can I say both? Man, there, there is, there's some content that it does better on Facebook for me. There's some content that does better on Instagram for me. I got started on Facebook and so I have a bigger following on Facebook and they're more engaged, but I love Instagram more because I love Instagram stories the most. Sure. Um, so I would say both. Instagram or LinkedIn? Instagram. Books or podcasts? Um, man, I'd love to say both again, but I won't do that to you. Uh, I would, you know, I would say books. Okay. iPhone or Android? iPhone. Good call. Oh, You're gosh. a human being. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not a terrorist. <laughs> Alexa or Google Home? Neither. Oh, not into the voice assistant, huh? Nope. Okay. Fair. Burgers or pizza? Pizza. New York or LA? Uh, man. There's some things that I absolutely love and absolutely hate about both. But, absolutely. Um, but if I had to choose where to, like if I was going to move somewhere today, I would say LA, but it's just because of the weather. Right. Like it's literally just the weather on the beach, right? It's, yeah, it's just yeah. that. 
but man, I love New York so much. But yep. if I was going to move somewhere today, I'd probably say LA. LA or Miami? Um, I'd say LA. Okay. Say LA. As long as you don't fly into LAX. What a disaster yeah. that place is. Yeah, but man, I love... Uh, I'm going back. Yeah, on it. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna change, I'm changing to Miami. I'm changing to Miami. Okay, fair I enough. Spend, I spend more time there, and and I don't know, but I don't know. That's a tough one. <laughs> L.A. is weird for me. Like I agree, the beaches, the weather, beautiful. Yeah, there's something about it that I just hate. I just can't stand yeah, L.A. Traffic's a big a big issue, and but, part of it that much better, but no. yeah, yeah, it's it's a weird place. Yeah, it is, but it's awesome. It is. Sports fan? Eh. Kind of? Co- college. Okay. Uh, I was going to yeah, ask, went, col- went, college went, or pro? I went to Clemson, so it's really easy to be a to college football fan. So Right. Absolutely. <laughs> um, baseball even, or football? Even with all the disrespect this year. Um, baseball or football? Yeah. Uh, football. Football or baseball? Or, sorry, football or basketball? <laughs> uh, football or basketball? Football, definitely. Mountains or beach? Beach by a long shot. Podcast or vlog? So weird way to answer it. I would say vlog, but I'm still probably just listening. (laughs) Interesting. Okay. Uh, YouTube or Facebook live? YouTube live or Facebook live? Nope. YouTube or Facebook live? YouTube for sure. Uber or Lyft? Uber. I don't even know if I've ever taken a Lyft. Really? Yeah. I used to be strictly Uber because that's all I ever did. Yeah. And then now I'm strictly Lyft because I get Delta Sky Miles Do you when really? I travel. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, you get like, what, 20 Sky Miles or something? Like, it's, yeah. it's not a big deal, but oh, yeah. Yeah, it I'm, adds I'm, up. I'm, I'm American, uh, American Airlines all the way, but I wonder if they have that. They might. Probably. Yeah, the Lyft might have something like that. And then lastly, Gary V or Grant Cardone? (laughs) We already know. It's 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 not even it's not even close. Right. I don't know if you ever saw that footage when uh when Gary V went down to Grant Cardone's office to be on his show. I think I know exactly what you're talking about with when it came to who works harder. It was just the entire thing. Like even when like I was yeah. I was watching somebody's Facebook live like when he got there and man, Gary V's integrity is just it's just head and shoulders above. I mean it's it's not even close. I didn't I don't think I saw uh much beyond the interview itself, but like it seemed contentious from Grant's side. He was like I've got to prove that I'm better than this Gary V guy or yeah. he had this bone to pick that was so weird mm-hmm. and he kept little like offhanded comments or like under his breath about how he works harder than Gary. Yeah. And the way he did it was just so weird. And to me, that was the icing on the cake. Like I just, I, yeah, I it was can't, like, can't do it. When he got into the office and they were just like a lot of the employees just like standing around and Grant all of a sudden was like uh, bragging on this guy because this guy had, um, had just gotten a restraining order. Or the police called on him because he had called this uh, car dealership so many times. And they were like, they're like, yeah, it's awesome. And high five. And Gary was like sitting there. He's like, that's not cool. Uh, and they were like, no, nah, what do you mean? And he's like, I mean, you annoyed the guy to the point where he had to call the police. Like, there's nothing cool about that. And they were like, yeah, yeah. It was just, it was the funniest moment. because he thought, he thought it was going to be like respect. And Gary was like, 
Um, that's not cool at all. <laughs> this is so funny. That is pretty telling right there of, of the two. <clears throat> Interesting. Cool. Uh, what's one app recommendation? What's an app that you love right now that you're obsessed with right now? Doesn't have to be business related. Um, Trello. Okay. Organization. Yeah. I've put my whole life on it. Um, whole life, like workouts, meals. Um, I have like a morning routine, uh, a nighttime routine, um, that I go through on it and I check it off as I go through and, and really have put my life on it. Nice. Yeah. Tre- Trello is when I use it. Yeah. Uh, Trello is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Tyler, where can everybody find you? If they're not already following you, if they haven't seen your content or heard your stuff, where can they find you? Everything's at Tyler Jack Harris. So Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube is uh, slash Tyler Jack Harris. Uh, my website's TylerJackHarris.com. So pretty much Tyler Jack Harris is, is pretty much everywhere. Um, the Sales Wolves podcast, uh, we've got like, I think this week will be episode 148. So we do those weekly. Uh, the Breadwinner podcast is like 60 something episodes of that. That's more of interview style. Um, but Sales Wolves podcast, you know, for those that are particularly in sales, uh, we talk about everything, but uh, they're typically pretty short and you can get through them in five to 10 minutes. And uh, we've been doing them for quite a while. Awesome. Tyler, thanks, man. You, um, you have a great perspective and, and you're definitely someone who's doing it right. Um, you know, from afar, I, I appreciate your authenticity and just, you know, putting who you are out there and, and you do attract the right people. You attract your tribe, um, you know, so thank you for leading by example. I appreciate it, man. It's truly, it's truly an honor um, to be able to, and to be able to have someone say that. And that's all I ever wanted when I first got started doing this. So anytime I hear that, I don't take that lightly at all. And it's the whole reason why we put all this work into what we're doing is, is to uh, put this stuff out there in a real way uh, to hopefully impact somebody's life. And, um, And that's what we're all about. Love it, man. Thanks again for your time. Yes, sir. Well, I told you that was a treat. Go follow Tyler. Amazing content. I always look to his Instagram and his Facebook for content ideas, like graphic design ideas. And just the way he does stuff is just so cool. And you learn a bunch. He's he's definitely someone to look up to, someone I look up to and respect. So go follow at Tyler Jack Harris. Tyler, thanks again for being on the show. And thank you guys for listening to the show. I appreciate it very much. Make sure if you have not yet downloaded the Industry Syndicate mobile app that you do that. And you should probably do it right away. We have a lot of cool stuff coming up at the first of the year with the Industry Syndicate. We're putting systems in place, and it's it will soon be the go-to place to get the best exclusive content within our real estate industry. Podcasts and exclusive content from all of the hosts on a consistent basis, and you have to have the app to do that. So just type in Industry Syndicate on the App Store or Google Play, get it, and start enjoying. And guys... I can't thank you enough for listening. If you've received value from the show, if, if you learned something or if, if you tune in regularly but haven't had the chance yet, we'd appreciate the hell out of you if you'd leave us a, a just an honest review on iTunes. So iTunes is the most beneficial to our show because 81% of our listeners listen on Apple Podcasts anyways. So iTunes or Apple Podcasts, if, when you, whenever you leave a review or, or a rating, it's it's similar to Google. Like that's where people go search for podcasts and it helps us be seen by a bigger group of people. It helps us to grow our audience and attract bigger, better guests and do bigger and better things with the show for you guys. 
So if you haven't yet, I'll make it easy for you. Just go to massiveagentpodcast.com slash review. Massiveagentpodcast.com slash review. Leave us a quick a quick rating. You can just click five stars and call it a day if you'd like. Awesome. Or if you really want to go the extra mile, which I feel we've done for you over these last 104 episodes, just leave us a quick review and you know say what you've learned, say what you like about the show. And we appreciate you so much for doing that. If you've already done it, thank you. I appreciate it. You've been part of helping this show grow and to do some of the cool stuff that we've been doing. Thank you, guys. Enjoy your weekend. Go close some loans. Go sell some homes. Take care. Take care.